Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, how Boston dismantled Dallas and did what seems to be an impossible task these days, slow down Luka Doncic. Here what Jason Tatum had to say post-game. Plus, the Nuggets and the Grizzlies, they're still tied atop the West after two more wins. So, Janae and Richard, they rank the top four teams in the conference. And, I mean, add another 40-point performance to an incredible start to the season. We tell you why there's been so much scoring. And Lowry Markinen, he joins the show. NBA Today starts right now. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews alongside Janae Agumake. And well, oh, well. We missed you, Ish. Look who decided to come back. Richard <laughs> Jefferson back from his holiday dalliances. I was two nights ago. Well, we're just saying we're glad you're back. It's, it's, you we know, missed it's, you. It's good to be here. Nothing apparently has changed. Nothing you're has right. changed. And don't worry, Kendrick <laughs> Perkins will be joining Dude, the show okay, in just a little bit. Does Kendrick work anymore? <laughs> just How do you. I sign up for his job? He works more than you do. Zach Lowe is with us as well. We had a couple of huge performances last night, but we need to start with Jason Tatum and the Celtics because they were in Dallas last night. They were visiting the Mavericks, but this truly was all about Boston. So look on Luca's face right there. A little bit of a premonition. Let's pick (laughs) this one up. Three minutes left to go in the first. The Celtics already up by eight points. Jason Tatum digs in and adds to their lead, Rich. No, it's look, when you're watching these two teams, we don't want to go finals preview there, but Boston is still the class of the league. And so you judge yourself versus uh, against them and how they're playing. And right now, look, they took it to Dallas. Well, it wasn't just Jason Tatum scoring last night, though. Watch how he distributes here. He finds Al, who finds Derek White in the corner. Another three. Corner threes would be a little bit of a sweet spot here for Boston. Yeah, that that's, you know, look, if you're giving up corner threes, and I know Dallas, the way they play, they shoot a ton of threes, but ultimately the Boston Celtics, when they are in rhythm and they're getting quality shots, it's a problem. Well, under eight to go in the third quarter here. The Celtics lead 69 ooh, to 50, ooh. looking to put the Mavs away. <laughs> Woo, even Jason Tatum yeah, was saying. Say, he was like, ooh. Did you see what I just did there? Yeah, I'm yeah. a little nice, but he has to share the love. Jalen Brown throws it down. That's the next level for Jason Tatum when he can become a high-level uh, 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 passer, that's the, that's going to be a problem. Well, last night he was. 29 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists. It was Tatum's second career triple-double and first since April 2021. He's now scored 25 points or more in 10 consecutive games. That's the longest streak in his entire career. So we can't talk about the Celtics and not bring in Kendrick Perkins. Welcome, Perk. Hello, Zach Lowe. Uh, Perk, You've gifted us with a bunch of gems this week. Richard, you don't actually know this because I'm sure you weren't watching. He has taught us what archnidism, arachnidism means, what astrophobia means. Yeah, arachnidism, Mm -hmm. astrophobia. Uh, Is there a word that we're going to learn today to describe Jason Tatum? Yes, it is. And here it is. Hey, Richard, how you doing, man? Good to see you. Good to see you. You know, it's been a while. I want to get that. (laughs) I want to get that out the way. 
But I'm going with, you ready for this one? The Jonah Complex, okay? I have a cousin the named Jonah. The Jonah Complex. And before, <laughs> and before I dive into it, let me give you an example of the Jonah Complex, okay? It's basically, right, not a fear of reaching your potential, right? And so when I think of it, I'm thinking of Richard Head. Right, oh, wow. a fear of a fear of him reaching potential to actually grow hair. This is the example of it. And this is what I think of when I think of Jason Tatum. Okay? okay, when you think about Jason Tatum, it's that fear of reaching his potential of greatness, of being the best in the world. So when I look at the game last night, it wasn't the Celtics defense. It wasn't that all of a sudden they started to make shots. No, Jason Tatum all of a sudden decided that. I'm going to be the best player on the floor. Now, I know he shot 8 for 22 from the field, but I'm looking at the 14 rebounds. I'm looking at the 10 dimes. And when you talk about length, size, athleticism, skill set, that's Jason Tatum. You can't deny that. He's a top five talent in the league, arguably a top five player in the league. I'm looking at Jason Tatum, the mentality. Mm. And this is where it comes in that the mentality that night in and night out, no matter what superstar he's playing against, he's going to be the best player on the floor. Because if he's the best player on the floor, it's no team in the league that's going to beat the Boston Celtics, not now or in the playoffs, Ooh. if he comes over this fear of being, of reaching his potential of greatness. Well, see, the, okay, the, the Jonah complex, I don't think he has a fear. I think it takes time to become great. That's just what it is. It doesn't matter if it's LeBron James, and we saw him, you know, get to one finals early on, then go to my, it doesn't matter if it's Kevin Durant. It takes time for players to really maximize their potential. I don't think he's afraid of anything. Like I think going, <laughs> like, like, okay, okay. It's early, bro. If this we is still not, have 55 minutes left. At the start, all I'm saying look, is that look. I think Jason Tatum is right on schedule for where he needs to be. He is developing. He is getting better. He is turning into more of a leader. And he like the way he was distributing the ball. When when you look at Jokic, when you look at Luka, when you look at Braun, these guys, their ability to distribute the ball opens things up for them to play one-on-one. Because now you're afraid. Like, we can't double-team him. He's an outstanding passer. If we let him go one-on-one, he's going to cook us. There is no answer to Jason Tatum's game if he can distribute at a six, seven-assist type night. If he gets you going, not shooting the ball particularly well efficiently, but he can get his teammates involved and get double-digit assists, that is where you see the maturation process mm for him and I, I think he's right on time I don't think that he's worried about any Jonah complex what, what have you guys been letting him talk about since I've been gone <laughs> big words big vocabulary for a new big year but you know I feel like I was reading the tea leaves uh, because this is the week that we got the all-star returns and when you see what you know Jason Tatum has been able to do have a triple double after not being named an all-star starter I feel like if the roles were reversed in this matchup where Luca had a triple double on the Celtics and won, we'd be screaming about Luka to the mountains, you know, to the mountaintops and all that type of stuff. Right. Now, granted, I understand they have two completely different teams, meaning, you know, Tatum's more built for success based on their offense and defense. They're top seven in both offense and defense, the Celtics. But still, a triple-double versus Luka, who a lot of people are saying could be the MVP, like, these are the, yep. the games that make the case. Yes. And I don't want that to go, you know, unnoticed. Of course, Shanae referring to the fact that Giannis is ahead of him right now in fan voting. KD mm. is ahead of him right now in fan voting. And so is Joel Embiid. Zach, last word on the Celtics for now. 
Yeah, I don't have any Old Testament references or any lemon pepper or spicy wings or anything like that. I don't know. Whatever. Some testament. Look, seasons unfold in phases, right? Celtics lose the finals, come back hurt, storm out of the gates, punch the league in the face. And I think after that, they got a little complacent. We proved our Mm. point. We don't have the same fire. And that Oklahoma City game, when they played at half speed and the Thunder lit them up for 150, woke them up a little bit. And last night, they played with purpose. They attached the right matchups. They screened hard. They cut hard. They moved the ball. And when they play like that, they're really, really hard to beat, and they might be the best team in the NBA. And by the way, the next phase of the Celtics season – I think pretty shortly here, we're going to see Robert Williams III move back into the starting five, go back to that double big lineup with Horford that got them to the finals last Mm -hmm. year. That's the next phase. See if that works again. And the last thing I'll say is you're all greeting each other. Oh, happy holidays, Perk. I miss you, Perk. I got nothing. Nobody said hello to me. I did not greet Perk, Perk, Zach. I miss you. I hope you had an outstanding holiday. Perk. Yeah, yeah. Too late. Too late. (laughs) Too little, too late. I I do believe, though, that today is the absolute last day you can say happy new year to anyone. No, we're we're too too far into it. Nay, that doesn't even surprise me. The Celtics, they get to win last night. They snapped the Mavs seven game winning streak, the longest active streak in the NBA. Belongs to who, Richard? Uh, the Grizzlies. Okay. Yeah, you uh, so they've won five straight after beating the Magic <laughs> last night. Jared Jackson Jr. scored a season-high 31 points. First career game with 30 and 10 rebounds. Not to be outdone by friend of the show, Ja Morant. He finished with 32 points. So the Grizzlies, they're now tied with the Nuggets for the best record in the West. They've won five in a row, as I mentioned. They're heading home to face the Jazz and San Antonio twice. So there's a pretty good chance, if you look at the standings there, that they're going to keep this momentum going. And normally, when you all are watching the show at home, I know you all are having snacks. You're drinking your coffee. Maybe put all that down, take out your AirPods. Listen carefully to what Zach has to say about what the Grizzlies need to do to win a championship. Zach, the floor is yours. I think Memphis can win the title this year. I wouldn't pick them now. And one reason I think they need to go out and make a trade. They're saving all these draft picks and young players for some theoretical big trade for a star down the line. But here's the reality. They're probably not going to be able to pay John Moran, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Star X. That's just too many max salary types. Teams don't have four of those guys. They can win now if they just upgrade some of their back-end rotation minutes that are all young guys right now. If they got a Kuzma or a Malik Beasley, that could really boost their title chances. I think they should do it. I don't think they want to do it, but I'm calling it now. The Grizzlies are going to make a small win-now trade to try to chase the title because windows don't stay open as long as you think. Don't get cute. You got a shot this year. Go for it, Memphis Grizzlies. Go for it. Just one small trade. That's all. Kyle Kuzma or Malik Beasley, potentially, as folks who could upgrade that roster. What is the president of the I'm dark side think? I'm just making it up, to be clear. Ma- making to be it clear. Up. Like that's that just speculation. Just making it up. That caliber of player. Uh, what does the president uh, of the dark side think? Uh, a hard no. Absolutely not. Look, don't break up the chemistry of this team. They have the pieces, Zach. They have the the bench depth. When you look at a guy like Tyus Jones, who, in my opinion, should be a starter in the game, in this league right now, he comes off the bench and plays his role to the T. And then I look at this. 
in particular. I look at these two bigs that they have that don't get enough credit from our end and around the NBA world, and Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. They are doing what we expected Evan Mobley and Jared Allen to do. Right now combined, for us protecting the basket, those guys are averaging 4.3 blocks a game. Jared Allen and Evan Mobley are averaging around about 2.4. So they're almost doubling them. And I'm looking at the way that they're anchoring the defense. They're rebounding the basketball. I think Steven Adams just set a franchise record a couple of games ago. Those two guys, and if Jaron Jackson could play without fouling and play at the level that we've been seeing them play on the defensive side of things, I think they're just fine. They have the superstar in John Morant. They had Desmond Bates before he got injured. He was up there in the, uh, averaging 24 points a night. Dylan Brooks is the guy that got to elevate his game, but they have the chemistry, they have the camaraderie, and they have all the pieces that they need to compete for a title right now without making the move. Well, look, look you can – I think both of you correct. The chemistry thing is very delicate. But I think to Zach's point, to Zach's point is this. It is wide open. And right now they are part of a mix of teams that can win a championship. If you have the space and you can go get make a move, Right now is the time to make that move. We've seen it in history. We've seen the Detroit Pistons go get Rasheed Wallace and win a championship that year because they needed a power forward. We've seen the Lakers go get Pau Gasol in the middle of the season and go to the NBA Finals. We've seen a lot of these things. They can make a move, and that can take them from being one of the teams to the team. Mm. And to Zach's point, if you make that move now, yes, there might be some risk. It's just when you start looking in three years, are you going to be able to play pay all of these guys the money, especially in a market like Memphis. If you're not going to be able to pay all of these guys and keep them, a la OKC, then what you do is you go into a win-now formula and you push all your chips to the tables in the next two seasons. I like the idea. Well, the West is just incredibly tight right now. Memphis does sit at the top, but guess who else is right there? the Denver Nuggets. So did you see what the Nuggets did last night? They sent a little bit of a message to the entire Western Conference, at least in my opinion. Well, you can't send a message playing against the Clippers. That's just my opinion. Wow. We're coming back with that energy. Plus, Nick Friedel. I know you don't like Clippers. Kevin Durant about his off-season trade request. We have all the details and his current mindset. We're going to dive into all that. And after a career night, Utah Jazz star Lowry Markinen, he joins the show live and tells us why he deserves a spot on the all-star team. I'm so glad the band is back together. More NBA Today after this. Welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. A mile-high message was sent by the Nuggets last night in their route of the Clippers. We're going to pick this one up in the first quarter. No, 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 no. We don't have to pick. It. Ladies and gentlemen, if you did not watch this game, it was over at the jump ball. It was – we're saying Denver sent a message. I'm going to say the Clippers sent a message. Oh, no. Oh, no, what? What you about to say about the Clippers? I, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to the score sent. Look at the score. <laughs> well – by, I'm gonna let this play <laughs> no, play, play out. Bones Highland in the corner. To 23 over Reggie Jackson. Yeah. It gets it to go. By the time we get 63 to 25, it gets there, worse. By the time we get no. to the third quarter, uh, they will have been doubled up. It's 82 to 40. Why we should? Okay, this 40. is not about them. The Denver Nuggets, they look great. 
They look outstanding. They look healthy. They look like they added the right pieces. Bruce Brown, KCP. It is 96 to 50. And Bones. Even Bones yes, is like, Bones. what? Like, give, give, hey, let him, <laughs> show him the filet. And they're like, the what? Bones I is you with the end of the movie yeah. in the 90s. Oh. And now Bones Highland is blah, blah, blah. Uh, Ew. Denver wins big. Ew. So that result got perk on Twitter, which it doesn't take much. But the no. altitude has nothing to do with why the Nuggets clit. Kicked the Clippers' ass tonight. You're talking like the way the Clippers were playing. <laughs> thinking everything, everything team that step. It's hard to you. I, you I'm not. They've you know, been thinking everything. On. You know what? I'm just gonna foot in that arena, and that's because blah 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 yeah, yeah, blah blah. Good job. Uh, they don't have. A, they don't have. They don't have an edit button on Twitter. But they don't we have an edit button. So what's this out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They Elon, Elon did a lot. Elon did a lot. He did not give us the edit button. Eh, pause. All right. When you uh. watched the Clippers and the Nuggets <laughs> last night, when you're looking at the Nuggets perk, what stood out to you that we couldn't garner from that tweet? Well, it's not just last night. It's been over the last 10 games mm. on how they've been playing, right? We already know, right, the MVP, back-to-back -back MVP and Jokic, what he's bringing to the table. Michael Porter Jr. is just starting to get his feet wet coming off an of injury. Jamal Murray is starting to get his legs back under him. But it's the others. It's the others like Bruce Brown, like Caldwell Pope. Jeff Green is not available right now. Bones. And then you want to talk about the one guy who's been the most consistent out of, of, out of Jokic to me. It's been Aaron Gordon. This guy has been shining like new money. That's the saying my grandpa used to say. I don't know what it means, but he's been shining. <laughs> he's been everything and more. He's been playing his role to the T on both ends of the floor. And when you talk about physical, like just a physical specimen, he's one of the elite for his athleticism, his body frame, 6'9", 6'10", could guard multiple positions. And he plays so well off of Jokic offensively with his ability to cut back door. And now he's knocking down the three-point shot at a consistent basis. If the Nuggets get home court advantage throughout the playoffs, I don't know what team in the West is going to beat them in the seven-game series, especially when you have to deal with the altitude. All right, I, I, now, now, now stay with me here. The, the, the Denver Nuggets, they have been one of the, the most surprising franchises over the past like decade. When you look at Usai Majiri and what he mm -hmm. did, and then he went on to Toronto. You look at what Tim Conley did, and now he moved on to Minnesota. And now you have Calvin Booth. And the reason why I want to talk about him is the additions, the roster construction. We've mentioned that with some other with some other like teams in this league. But what he has done, bringing mm -hmm. in Bruce Brown, bringing in our, our, our Jeff Green, what he's been able to contribute. I know he's been a little banged up and he's hurt, but with the start of his season and just look, the defenders that they have added, KCP, it is has been a beautiful thing to watch. Aaron Gordon deserves his flowers. He has been playing outstanding. But when I watch this team, it's all going to be dependent on the health of their top three stars, Jokic, Murray, and, and Michael Porter Jr. But everything else around them is where it should be. It is perfect. Do not touch it. Mm. You have all of the talent. You have the right players. The Denver Nuggets have been doing an outstanding job building teams out for quite a long time. So exactly you what Kendrick said the Perkins same thing. Yes, I'm supporting him, but I just wanted to give yeah. the GM a little bit of I love. Need, I don't want Joseph Support. I I'm don't not want supporting support. you. I'm supporting the Denver Nuggets, bro. Well, not a lot of people can support you, bro. Let's dive into that support that the Denver <laughs> that's Nuggets a, That's a big fast. All right? I'm done a, with you know, y'all. Zach, get us back on track because there's another player that you wanted to dive into here. Can't put your back into it. I, I'm just so, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. It's Friday 
And we're devoting an entire segment to the Denver Nuggets. We're not talking about the usual big market drama-filled teams. We're just talking about a good basketball team. Calvin Booth, you didn't even mention KCP, Richard. That was a great trade by him. But I am so happy that we're talking about Aaron Gordon. In Orlando for so many years, he was miscast as a lead ball handler. He was miscast as a small forward with all these big guys around him. And he has landed in the prime of his career in the absolute perfect spot. Just cut off of Jokic, dunk, post up small guys, shoot open threes. He's shooting over 60% on twos. And this Clippers matchup, the Nuggets own the LA Clippers. Just keep it in mind if they play in the playoffs and it's matchups like this, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, LeBron James. This is why they got Aaron Gordon Mm. to defend those guys and just run and jump and cut into 18 points on the other end of the floor. This is why Mm -hmm. he's on the team to guard those guys. And they are coming. They are coming. They are ready. They got everything they need. They have the maybe the three-time MVP now. And to RJ's point, if Michael Porter can stay healthy, Jamal Murray becomes Jamal Murray. This is a championship-level team, period. Well, not to mention Aaron Gordon should have been in the upper room yesterday, but we won't get back into that. As for the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard oh, said post-game, <laughs> I am mad. Nobody wants to lose. This is what Kawhi Leonard said. Nobody wants to lose by that amount of points. I feel like these are the times when we need to be in there and dig ourselves out of those holes and learn what we're doing instead of flipping the page and going on to out the that next hole. game. So. They're clinging to a playoff spot right now. Sixth seed in the West. They've struggled against top teams. They're one in five against teams ahead of them in the standings with their only win coming against Sacramento. And that was all the way back in October. Yeah, it's Sac really. So Zach, the Clippers, they were your preseason pick to come out of the West. We're 40 games into the season now. How patient are you with this team's approach? I'm I'm running low on patience (laughs) now because this is This is year four of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And they've accomplished a lot, particularly relative to previous Clippers teams. They made the conference finals. They broke the curse. But I feel like you could replay what I'm about to say every single year they've been together, which is when are we going to see the team for more than three games in a row? When are we going to value the regular season to try to actually play and get ready for the playoffs? Because it's year four, and we're still not there. And I understand the health concerns. I understand the rest concerns. I understand playing the long game. The Clippers are playing for May and June. Here's the thing about playing for May and June. You have to get to May and June. They're sixth in the West right now. Stop messing around. Make sure you don't get trapped in the play-in because this team needs to coalesce and come together, and we're halfway through the season, and it still isn't there yet. It wasn't just you, Zach, that took the Clippers at the start of the year. It was also me. It was Malika. So you're not alone. I'm sending you some love, okay? But I do think that it's hard to be hopeful, especially in those situations where you see them getting blown out, and it's like we need to fight through and play through these circumstances. But the reality is, no, the priority is to get you to the postseason. And so in these games, you're going to make these decisions to preserve, uh, you know, preserve your stars like Kawhi, like Paul George. And so 
I think it would be the best surprise if the Clippers had the season that we all dreamt of, but now we're just seeing that it just is too hard to keep everyone together. When they're together, it's like you get these outcomes, and so I don't know if eventually I'm changing my pick, but I think today is the day. Oh, today is the day. <sighs> well, the day. one week from today, the Nuggets and Clippers, we get a rematch right across the street from us in Crypto.com Arena. So ahead on NBA Today, though, Nick Friedle, he sat down with Kevin Durant, detailed how the Nets have come together after their turbulent summer. Do not miss that. And did you know there's been 34 40-point performances so far this season? So we're going to dive into why scoring is so high up this year and whether or not that's a recipe for success long term. Plus, we rank the best of the West. Eight different teams have held the top spot so far this season. But who will be standing at the end? NBA Today, back after the break. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com Tank's on E, Bob. Our tank is on E. A historic, all-time great performance. Oh, goodness. 71 points. MVP. MVP. The season of scoring, it continued last night thanks to Lowry Markkinen. He went off in a win over Houston. Sorry, Cheney. Markkinen scored a career-high 49, shooting a blistering 15 for 27 from the floor. His 49 points are the most by any player to not miss a free throw, commit a foul, or commit a turnover in a game since turnovers were first tracked. I mean, what a week it's been, right? You start on Monday where Donovan Mitchell has 71 points, but that headlined five players to score 40 or more. And then the next day, Giannis, he dropped a career high of 55. Wednesday, Kevin Durant dropped just a little casual 44. And then last night, Lowry Markkinen, he had that career high 49. But it wasn't just this week, right? In the last 26 days, there have been 45 40-point games by 24 different players. There's actually only been three days where we didn't have one this season, and that includes Christmas Eve, where no games were played at all. So Lowry Markkinen, he kept it going. We're actually going to have him join us a little bit later in the show. Bear down. Bear down. But I want to bring Kendrick Perkins into this conversation, because why are we getting this barrage of high-scoring nights here? Well, I think it has a lot to do with 
just the lack of defense, right? The personnel, like teams are putting offensive players and skilled players and shooters on the floor, and, and guys are gonna get buckets. Like, let's 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 just stop, like right now. It's no defensive stoppers in the game today. Like, guys, teams are, are are geared up and they have lineups on the floor that's gonna get you buckets. And we see a situation right now with Pat Bev with the Lakers. He's a defensive stopper, one of the best defensive guards in the game, but he can't touch the floor because he can't make shots. So he can't make shots because all of us, I mean, I don't know if he, I ain't going to say that, but he's not making shots, okay? I ain't going to shoot no slugs on this good Friday. He's not <laughs> making shots, but what I'm saying is, let's not start with, I understand the evolution and people are skilled, but at the end of the day, no one is defending no more. Like, guys are not locking down. Hmm. Guys are not fighting to get over screens. Dak, do you agree with that? I, I would disagree with I would disagree with that. I think I think people defend really hard in the NBA, and the game has just gotten really really hard to defend. There's so much shooting and so much playmaking that there's just too much space to cover. It's hard to defend. But to Perk's point, I do think when teams build rosters, they are starting to lean, and this is what GMs have told me more towards offense, not because there are fewer good defensive players anymore, but because the rules have tilted so far in favor of offenses. You can't touch guys anymore. There's no hand checking that the stoppers have sort of been handicapped by the rules. So I do think Perk's onto something in terms of roster construction. But to me, the biggest explanation for this, other than the threes and the pace and all this stuff, is if you look at the numbers, the highest usage guy on every team has a usage rate in terms of controlling the ball, controlling possessions, higher than it's ever been across the board. It's not just Luka Doncic and Trey Young. Those are the extreme examples. On almost every team, whoever the number one guy is, has the ball more, shoots more, runs more pick and rolls, passes more than at any point in the history of the NBA. So for some reason, teams are deciding this is the best way to play. You're our guy. You run every possession. And that's naturally going to create these monster scoring games, which mm. are super fun to watch. I'm sure the NBA loves we're talking about offense and scoring and explosion and not why is it 82-81 anymore. Well, let's show the folks at home what we're talking about. We're looking at these players who have these incredibly high usage rates because who leads the league right now? It's Giannis, it's Luka, it's Embiid, it's Ja, it's Trey Young. And no team that has had a player in the top five of usage and won the title, no team has done that since LeBron and the Heat in 2013. So let's back up a little bit, look a little bit more bigger picture because Richard, do you think leaning on one player, doing that that way, is it sustainable when you're trying to win four consecutive playoff series? Yeah, well, I, I think when you look at that list, like I think those teams, those, those players are in there. But I, I still think that defense is the only thing that matters. We can mm. point to the offense, and let me break it down to you. The top defensive teams, right? You got the Cavs, the Bucks, the Grizzlies, the 76ers, the Pelicans, the Clippers, the Celtics. Where do they rank? Whiz through that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying the Cavs are fourth. It, uh, the Cavs are fourth right now in standings. Bucks are second. Grizz are second in their conference. 76ers are fifth. Pelicans are third. Clippers, I know we're talking about them. They're the sixth. And then and the Celtics are number one. So it doesn't matter if everyone's scoring 200 points a night. It doesn't matter if someone's scoring 300 points a night. The top defensive teams, regardless of the offensive rate, are still going to be the teams competing for a championship. So 
I, as much as – is it sustainable? You're still going to have to play defense if you're going to win a championship. Yeah, and to piggyback off of Richard's point, because the point I was going to make is that the answer is if you only have one star, you can't really win a championship. That usage rate, leaning into what Zach was saying, it's going to be extremely difficult. We've seen this time and time again. When Steph was going off, the Warriors were still losing. When LeBron was going off, you know, the Lakers are still w- losing. The only, you know, anomaly to this is probably Giannis and the Bucks because then but doing even that then, without Chris Middleton. Drew. But then they're one of the top, if not the best, defensive team for the last three years in the NBA. And so what Richard mentioned with the Cavs, they have, you know, team-solidified offense. You think about the Grizz, team-solidified offense. The Pels yeah. offensively are having a humongous year. And they, you know, play balanced basketball. And then, you know, we say less with the Celtics. We know how they are on both ends. And right. so the answer is a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. You're right. You can't do it with one star. You have to do it with defense. And that is a recipe for set success right. for an NBA championship. Well, particularly when we're talking about the playoffs, because you mentioned the Milwaukee Bucks when they were playing Toronto and it was Giannis going off, Chris Middleton playing okay. They needed to upgrade at the point guard position. They traded Eric Bledsoe. They got Drew Holiday. And then look what was able to happen. So you have to be top 10 usually, right, in defense in order to win a championship. So, you know, only time will tell. But I know that our producer, Greg Condis, is so excited because we are minutes away from jazz star Lowry Markin. And there he is joining the show fresh off his 49-point career game. NBA Today will be back after the break. Thank you for coming on, Lowry. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back to NBA Today. Thank you. Here's a lot beautifully done. Marketing rises up, hits. Marketing slashes and hits. I got the hot hand, baby, all night long. Beat the beast. Yes, sir. Hennies are hennies are full. I've been on several ways. Stuck at the top, and there's nowhere to go. 49. Wait, did you say the All-Star game was coming up soon? Joining us now is Lowry Markinen, fresh off the highest scoring regular season game in jazz history since Carl Malone in 1990. Lowry, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on NBA Today. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So you tied your previous career high of 38 twice this season. And then last night you go off for 49. What were you seeing from the Rockets defense that just allowed you to cook? Uh, It was just basically making shots. I think my teammates did a great job getting me in the right spots and there was a lot of uh, 
free throws helped, but I got to my spots, got got a couple three balls to fall, and so that helped. But I mean, I think it was just pretty easy yesterday. Just see a couple go through the net. Pretty easy yesterday. Let's talk a little bit about those free throws, and I'm hoping that our producer Jaron can help me with this. Pull up a clip because I saw you try to get to the free throw line with 30 seconds left before your team. You know what I'm talking about. You're smiling. It was before your team was in the bonus. You can see you here, kind of. You get you're walking to the line. Was getting 50 on your mind? Yeah, guys were telling me. Jordan Clarkson, especially trying to get, <laughs> trying to get 50, and uh, we th- we thought we were in the bonus, and they were just double teaming me when I didn't even have the ball. So I was able to get get a foul call, and I was sure that I'm gonna go to the free throw line for 50. But I mean, didn't happen, and uh, but it's good to save for next time. Oh, save for next time. That means that there's going to be an encore to this performance, and, and that makes sense because personally, this is your best year of your career when we're talking about shooting. I'm looking at the numbers here. You're averaging a career high 24.5 points per game, shooting 53% from the field, 42% from deep. And your coach, Will Hardy, he said you recently just learned how to read the game a little bit differently, a little bit better. What has changed for you? Uh, Just seeing different type of coverages on the system that we're running. I think I got to give a lot of credit to Coach Hardy just running the plays for me and uh, putting me in the right spots to succeed. And again, just teammates just giving me the ball, trusting me when I'm open. And uh, so I haven't really had to force anything. Just Mm. everything's being pretty easy going with this team. I think at the beginning of the season, there were so many questions, right, about how competitive this team was going to be after trading away someone like Donovan Mitchell, someone like Rudy Gobert. What conversations did you and your teammates have to yield this result when it felt like everybody else was saying, oh, yeah, the the Jazz are going to tank for Victor Wembanyama? I I arrived to Utah like a week ago, week before training camp, and first practice we had, I think we – we were all just, oh, we have a pretty good team. <laughs> we have good players on this team. We just got to get on the same page. A lot of new guys from different teams, different systems. So just had to get get to know each other and learn how to play with, with each other. And uh, so we were just confident. We weren't going for that tanking, tanking talk. I think it just fueled us a little bit more and just, just fired that competitive spirit on every, all of us. So uh, it's been a fun year. Making, making you want to prove folks wrong. Well, whenever we say bear down on this show, that means we need to bring Richard Jefferson into the conversation. I know he has a question for you. Bear down, brother. For everybody who doesn't know that that's University of Arizona. Little love, my brother right here. My question to you is this. A lot of people have seen you blow up this year and, and seen the growth and, and the season that you're having. Can you talk a little bit about what your time in Cleveland and then your national team? Because I watched last year and then I watched you with your national team and then to see what you're doing this year is not as much of a surprise. Can you just tell us a little bit about that transition from both and how that's contributed to your success now here in Utah? Yeah, I think my role changed in Cleveland a little bit. We ran with the three big man lineup and I was able to play the three a little bit. Of course, role was a little different, but just accepting that challenge and trying to get better at playing on the perimeter even more, guarding faster guys. And uh, I think that really helped me just learn new things about myself and about my game. And just then summer with the national team, I think it was just easy to transfer and be the guy on that team and just build the confidence and uh, have a good summer at Eurobasket and then just 
try to bring that confidence and that style of play mm. over here as well. And now we're getting to see the, the fruits of that labor. So before we let you go, Lowry, I, I just want to peel back the curtain for everyone watching at home. We have production meetings every single morning for NBA Today. And I push, along with Cheney, to cover the jazz. But there is only one person who loud, has a voice louder than myself, has a voice louder than Cheney, and it is our resident jazz fan, producer yeah. Greg yeah. Condes. Yeah. And he was like, wait, Lowry's coming on? Can I ask him a question? And so we brought him all the way up from the control room to do so. He's not nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Lowry, first of all, thanks for the performance so we could have a whole a whole jazz segment. Been waiting a long time for this. <laughs> the poster that I want to show here, your finisher poster, first of all, awesome work. Reminds me of a certain poster. Could you tell us the inspiration behind this poster? Yeah, we were doing some, I think it was a 30-year anniversary with All-Star Weekend, so they wanted to bring back the old poster style. So it was pretty cool to be a part of it, and it was a really cool photo shoot to Ooh. be standing in the middle of the ice, and uh, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, so you wait, it was a whole photo shoot situation. Do, do we like the nickname, The Finisher? I'm kind of feeling it. Oh, yeah. I like it. <laughs> there you go. Lowry Markinen, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. We look forward to continuing to watch you and the Jazz for the rest of this season. Still to come here on this show, is this the best Kevin Durant has been in his entire career? Nick Fernell's biggest takeaways from his conversation with KD as NBA Today rolls on. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Katie told Bleacher Report, look at our starting lineup. It's not disrespect, but what are you expecting from that group? The hot streak continues for the Brooklyn Nets. Backs up, right wing three for the win. God, Kyrie Irving! We're just rocking. We don't want to take our foot off the gas pedal. We're building something. We start believing more and more in what we're doing every day. We went through a lot in this calendar year, but, you know, we're looking for bigger and better things in 2023. Welcome back to NBA Today. The Nets are in action in the first game of our doubleheader tonight, and our Brooklyn-based reporter Nick Friedel is joining us now. And, Nick, you had a really interesting story this morning. It was compiled from interviews you've done with Kevin Durant over the course of the season. And when you and I chatted this morning, you laid out three keys as to why the Nets have been able to turn their season around. One was Kevin Durant. So what did he tell you about how he's been able to stay focused and achieve this level of play? 
Malika, he's feeling great. And the reason why is despite all the hoopla and the speculation over the summer about where he may go and he's getting out of Brooklyn, from the moment he sat down with Joe Sy and John Marks back in August and committed fully to this team, everything else faded away. When he came into training camp, he believed completely that he was going to be part of the Nets and that this team could still win. And he made a really intriguing point. He told me that his situation isn't like the situations with James Harden in the Rockets and mm. the Nets and Jimmy Butler when the, with the Timberwolves and Anthony Davis when he was here in New Orleans with the Pelicans because Kevin thinks his situation was handled completely in the summer. His teammates were being asked about it all the time. It wasn't impacting the way that they played the game. Their focus, once he committed again and came to camp, was let's win now. Mm. And despite all the things that have gone on in the last couple months, he has proven that he's still at the top of the top in the league and he can carry this team. So Kevin Durant has been awesome, but that's not the only secret to the next success. You gave two other keys. What were they? Kyrie Irving has been terrific. Malika, from the moment Kyrie got back off that suspension, his focus has been completely on basketball. All the other stuff and the distractions have piled up in the last couple of years and certainly in the last couple of months, they're gone right now. And Kyrie has been really, really good. His teammates have brought him back into the fold. He has connected well with Kevin, and he has created that extra space on the floor to allow Durant and everybody else to operate. The third key is really important here, and it's Jacques Vaughn. The messaging that he's provided this group has gotten through, and what he's done is gotten the focus back on the court. He wants his team to just hone in on what they're doing that day. Malika, this team doesn't shoot around anymore. They barely practice. When you see them on the floor, that's when they're together. Mm. And the players have responded to what Vaughn is trying to sell them in that game plan all the time. The defense has been better, and they're more in tune than they were at the end of Nash's tenure. So whether or not that can maintain, we'll see. Hmm. But those three keys, led by Kevin as the MVP of the league, to me, in my opinion right now, are the reason why we see the Nets where they are at the moment. Nick, thank you. I would say go enjoy some beignets and charbroiled oysters in New Orleans, but I know your burger is already on the way. The Nets, they face off against the Pelicans in the first game of our doubleheader, and then the Heat, they take on the Suns after that. NBA Countdown gets it all started. NBA Today will be back in 60 seconds. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On top of the league, me and my clique Got it out the mud, now we are Welcome to NBA Today, I'm Malika Anderson like a bunker 55 Help a nerve Extra spice Okay, Perk Oh, God Jumper. 
push you to want to achieve, Giannis. I don't get bored. Greats get bored. Donovan Mitchell, he is here. 71 points. I would say this is probably the, the best moment of my career so far. What is the one word you would use to describe Mitchell's night? Arachnism. It's a spider bite. I really want to shout the Kings out, man. This team oh. will be in the 2023 playoffs this year, Malika. Ladies and gentlemen, we are headed to the upper room. Let's go. I enlisted a little bit of help for my nomination. Uh, Aaron Gordon uh, himself. Rock the bait. Come on, Dr. J. Bring it to me real quick. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Dr. J, welcome to the hey. upper room, baby. This was the greatest yeah. ever. The my greatest, the greatest ever. 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 <laughs> ever. can't believe that Dr. J stopped by he's our show. Like all, he's my all-time. Well, like, for real. But like, can, can, can Shanae and I show you one of our favorite oh, all-times? Because you weren't here for this, Richard. Oh, yeah. But you get the rebound <laughs> on this play. How have you not held this over Perk's head? Come well, on now. He was forever. passing. He was, first of all, he was passing it to me. I had wow. To, look at the ball, Richard, in Utah. <laughs> I get that thing off. Look, Perk. You turned it over I, at the end of the play, I, I, though. No, I first of all, yeah, I, yeah. I was doing what? I don't, I look, I don't what? know what what they're trying to do. They're not going to come between us, Perk. They're not going to separate us because you know what? There's nothing to separate. I've never liked you anyway, so like that's part of the problem. What? You couldn't that's like. Why do you always have to choose violence? Your first choose time. Choose violence. Y'all showed yeah, a highlight of him thing. airballing a dunk. That was the producers. <laughs> Thank you all for spending some time with us here this Wait, week. That's gonna that. do it for us. You I'm can out. catch Dave McMenamin's <laughs> interview with LeBron James later on SportsCenter, and we will see you on, on Monday. 2024.